Hello, and welcome to Healing for Your Thoughts, the podcast having the conversations that help us all heal out loud rather than continue suffering in silence. I'm so glad you're here. Let's get into the show. So when I was a child, I believed in superheroes. All of them were more or less equally entertaining, but if I'm being honest, my personal favorite was Wonder Woman. As a young girl, in my eyes, she was the epitome of girl power. She was the strength of a woman. And though she didn't look like me, she was the closest thing that I had to the idea of what a superhero was in that imaginary world. Before I go on, I feel like I need to say what I'm discussing here is not in any way, shape, form, or fashion throwing shade at my own mother and her role as a superhero in the real world. Let me be clear. She absolutely held it down. This commentary, therefore, doesn't apply to her. This is about those imaginary heroes, those super beings that we see on television. Anyway, let me get back to it. In that make-believe place where the problems of the world were solved in an hour or less, Wonder Woman reigned supreme. She existed in that world where no matter the problem, it was fixed by the end of the episode. So before you judge my selection of her, please understand that I was a child of the 70s who wasn't allowed to watch things like Foxy Brown because she was hypersexualized on television and therefore deemed inappropriate for a kid my age. The interesting thing, though, is that Linda Carter's Wonder Woman was also sexualized, especially in her skin-tight costume. But beyond this, when she wasn't fighting crime, society through its TV lens viewed her as a pseudo-plain Jane, harmless, unless and until there was something or someone needing to be saved. And then her alter ego came out. And that's where things, I guess you could say, got sexy. As I consider this now, viewing it through the lens of my adult Black womanhood, I find it ironic, it being the dichotomy of societal acceptance between these two characters and their perceived appropriateness. It definitely feeds into that trope of white purity versus Black denigration, but that's a different conversation for another time, so let's just get back to the ideologic superheroes. Webster's Dictionary defines a superhero as a fictional person having extraordinary or superhuman powers. They also render this person as exceptionally skillful or successful. Alternately, in the most basic sense of the word, dictionary.com expands the definition of a superhero to be a morally righteous person in a fictional work who also possesses extraordinary abilities and uses them to fight evil as in comic books and movies. As a standard, these heroes are presented as virtually perfect because they always win. They always have the answer to the problem. They always have a community of adoring fans, or at least those people who greatly admire them, if for no other reason, quite frankly, than they've seen them or deemed them a savior. And they always, always are the last man or woman standing, no matter how many lumps or bruises or bumps they got to take before their adversary is defeated. That is what TV shows wanted us to believe, and we did because it was scripted to be that way. In our TV fantasy world, what made those heroes super was the myth of their invincibility. Ultimately, the credits would roll and all we ever saw was our hero standing victorious having bested his or her adversary. What we never saw 
likely because it wouldn't have been very entertaining, is how they process those bumps and bruises of life as they went about their work. The very things that actually challenged their invincibility. For them, saving the world, or at least feeling like you always have to, is a huge responsibility that brings with it a heavy cross to bear, certainly physically, but I'd also argue a mental cross is a part of that existence. So my question is, what happens when the superheroes need saving? Now, to be clear, in this instance, I'm actually not talking about the superheroes streaming through our TV screens fresh off comic book pages. I'm talking about real life superheroes, those often unsung men and women who give endlessly and work tirelessly to support us and others, those who show up time and again, often pouring into and putting others before themselves not counting the day done until each and every person and their specific need, regardless of what it is, has been met. Or maybe we ourselves are superheroes to others. Either way, I'm wondering when any of us, when all of us have been bested by the adversaries of life until our superpower is all but depleted, what happens then? Certainly a day or two of physical rest can replenish our physical energy. But the mind, our minds, sometimes need a bit more work, a bit more TLC before it can be fully renewed. So as we approach Mental Health Awareness Month in May, I'd like to share a few ways to support and protect our mental health. And speaking of mental health, let me just say this. I've had an opportunity to have lots of conversations with different people about what mental health actually means. And some of those people unfortunately relegated it to just being an issue that requires medication. That's not true. If you or someone you know has been struggling with severe or even moderate, low-lying anxiety even, stress or depression, you are actively experiencing a mental health challenge. And the more severe it becomes, the more necessary it is to seek help from a mental health clinician. Just felt like I needed to say that based upon the conversations I've had. Anyway, the National Institutes of Health or NIH, as some of y'all may know it, defines mental health as that which includes our emotional, psychological, and social well-being. It affects how we think, feel, how we act even, the way we show up in the world, the choices we make, and how we relate to others. Specifically, they state that mental health is more than just the absence of a mental illness. It's essential to our everyday health and thus our quality of life. And although I'm sure you've probably heard it before, I think it's definitely worth saying again, self-care can and does play a very important role in maintaining our mental health. And it's also a vital source of help and support for treatment and recovery if you are ever diagnosed with a mental illness. In case there's anyone listening who is not especially clear on what self-care means, let me share also that NIH formally defines it as taking the time to do the things, no matter how small they seem, that help you live well and improve both your physical health as well as your mental health. Self-care activities can help you manage stress, lower risk of illness, while also increasing your overall energy. So when it comes to that superhero life, 
First and foremost, I believe that one of the absolute best things about being a superhero is the ability to take off our proverbial cape and lay it down in favor of a time of rest. Understand that there is nothing wrong with that. There is no shame in that. We can't be all things to all people all the time. Sometimes what we most have to quote unquote be is good to ourselves. This aside, a few other ways to support and protect mental health include eating healthy, regular meals in concert with regular exercise of some form. Even walking is a form of exercise that's low-lying activity that helps you move and can stimulate your mind. Prioritizing sleep and rest, placing more focus on positivity by practicing gratitude and finding healthy ways to navigate the more challenging instances of life is also helpful. Staying connected to others who are like-minded and exude a desire to be well, both physically and mentally, and who consistently actively take the steps to be so can also support your mental wellness through self-care. And one tip that I think is especially important to mental wellness is regular prayer and meditation, which can serve as a means to clear the temporary stress, anxiety, and noise of life by connecting ourselves to a higher power who has the ability to restore our peace. This list, understand, is not all-inclusive, but it does instead serve as a reminder of the importance of simply seeking and practicing both self-care and their associated mental wellness activities for yourself. If for any reason you find life to be especially challenging to navigate, or you begin to regularly experience feelings of hopelessness, trouble sleeping, um, things like a significantly reduced appetite, loss of interest in stuff that you once found enjoyable, or if you're having difficulty concentrating, it's a good idea to seek the support of a mental health clinician who can help you get back on track. I've been there and I've done that and it makes a world of difference. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. I will never allow myself or stand in the presence of anyone being shamed for that because there is no shame in that. As a matter of fact, I honestly think that the real shame would be not getting help at the first sign of needing it and instead waiting until the symptoms are far more severe. Let me say this too. I've been very intentional. On this show's website, which can be found at www.healingforyourthoughts.life, under the mental wellness resources tab, I've provided a variety of ser- services, excuse me, and organizations whose mission is to support children, teens, and adults along their mental wellness journey. Please check it out or share it with others if you or they need more info and don't otherwise know where to begin. In addition, I want to also say that if you or someone you know is in need of support or experiencing a crisis, please call or text 988 or you can visit www.988lifeline.org. Again, that's www.988lifeline.org to reach the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. And in an emergency, go to your nearest local emergency room or dial 911. Another thing I want to share as I... um bring this to a close is this. I firmly believe that it takes us all to lift us all. That has become and will remain 
my life mantra. And it's the reason why I started this podcast. I wanted to make a commitment to sharing what I know and have access to, to do my small part in helping support mental wellness for everyone. In this vein of believing that it takes us all to lift us all, I also hope that you too will do what you can. This has been Healing for Your Thoughts. Thank you for listening. Join me Tuesday as I talk about the responsibility that comes with being viewed as the strong one, especially by those in your life. Until next time, remember to live well and with intention. All my best, Charlie.